The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's say I'm squeamish. I don't like to see blood. I get a bit uneasy around sick people. It makes me sad. So... What else could I do when I get old? This episode is brought to you by Nadex, the binary options exchange. Binary options let you limit your risk and trade stock indices, commodities, forex, and more from a single account. Nadex is a CFTC-regulated exchange with transparency, free market data, and fairness guaranteed. The future of trading is here now at nadex.com. Futures, options, and swaps trading involves risk and may not be appropriate for all investors. Welcome back to Bloomberg Benchmark, a podcast about the global economy. It is Wednesday, December 30th. I'm Tori Stowell, an economics reporter with Bloomberg News, and I am in New York today with Dan Moss. Dan. And we're also joined by Aki Ito, our editor for Benchmark in San Francisco. Hey, guys. Hi, Aki. Are you feeling all lonesome out there? I am. I am. I wish I was Yeah, in we're New having York. a big party here in New York with the producers. I'm going jealous. crazy. Today, we're going to be looking forward not just to next year, but to the coming decade. We're going to offer everyone a sneak preview far out into the future. What does the American labor market look like a decade from now? And we have a great guide with us, which is this giant set of projections that the U.S. Labor Department published this month. It's got info on the fate of hundreds of different kinds of jobs by the year 2024. And it's a pretty fascinating look into the future. Gosh, I just love this report. I've used it for my own reporting, and I like it for myself, too, you know, thinking about where I want my own career to go. Uh, Tori, what will your life look like in 2024? Ideally, I will be on a farm making homemade cheese, and (laughs) that's the dream, just in my overalls, yeah. Retirement at age 26? No, I'm going to be a farmer. Oh, I'm okay. gonna, so let me look at these projections to see how farmers are going to do real quick. Oh, farmers are going to lose jobs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're moving away from an agricultural economy. Uh, You'll be one of the very few. You'll be really special. Excellent. It'll be like an artisanal farm. <laughs> to help us make sense of this brave new world in 2024, we have Heidi Scherholz on the line. She is the chief economist at the Labor Department. Hello, Heidi. Hi, thank you for having me. Heidi, this is a a huge report that you guys have put out. So let's start with very broad, 5,000-foot view of the labor market. What are the main changes that we are going to see in the demographic makeup of our workforce over the next 9, 10-ish years? Yeah, so this is a report that the Bureau of Labor Statistics puts out every two years where they do these massive projections of what employment will be like for the next 10 years. They look at not just occupations and industries that will be growing, but also demographic changes. And one of the, the sort of key theme we see from these numbers is, is not a surprise. 
the labor force is going to continue to get older. Mm-hmm. We're seeing more of the the just broad aging of the population. That will sort of start tapering off at the end of this window, at the end of this 10-year window they're looking at. But we are seeing the labor force continuing to get older. And then the other thing that we're seeing is increasing diversity of the labor force. We see a bigger share of the labor force are racial and ethnic minorities. And so those two key things are uh, sort of important dynamics going forward. And one, one thing I should say, though, is none of that is changing incredibly rapidly. Okay. Demographic trends tend to move pretty slowly, but that's the direction they're going in right now. I want to I want to zoom in on the on the kind of aging piece of this because I thought it was really interesting in the report. You guys say that the labor force participation rate, which is the share of the working age population that is either employed or at least looking for a job, that rate for the 65 years old and older age group is going to rise to 21.7 percent in 2024 from 18.6 percent. And I think that's just it's astounding. It's a it's a really big increase, and I think really illustrates what you just said very well. Yeah, it is a fascinating dynamic. So we see workers workers who are older, or people who are older, are more likely to be in the labor force than they used to be, and that trend is continuing. So some of that. So we're we're never going to retire. <laughs> no, we should all. I, I I do I do plan on retiring myself, and I believe you all will also be able to have a period of retirement. But people are. Um, starting to delay that more than they used to. So we're starting to see workers over age 65 in larger numbers continue being in the labor force. But you will note those numbers you cited are still quite low. Right. It's not like there's... Compared to younger workers. Yes. And one of the dynamics we're seeing is the, um, the overall labor force participation rate is actually dropping Interestingly enough, because when you, even though you have this increase in labor force participation of older workers, their overall numbers are lower. It's growing, but from sort of a very low base. And so as we have the aging of the workforce, you're aging people into this category that has a lower labor force participation rate. Let's talk about this older population. You know, as our population ages, that really means that some jobs are going to be in huge demand and other jobs aren't going to be in demand at all. So, Dan, do you want to walk us through some of those numbers? We'll be seeing big increases in health care across the board. Someone has to take care of this aging population. The job that's going to see the most growth over the next decade is a thing called personal care aides. These are people who take care of everyday stuff when you can't do it yourself. This job is going to employ almost half a million more people in 2024 compared with last year. That's a lot of people. And there are tons of other jobs in healthcare that are also going to win pretty big registered nurses, home health aides, nursing assistants, medical assistants. So, Heidi, let's say I'm squeamish. I don't like to see blood. I get a bit uneasy around sick people. It makes me sad. <laughs> you know, I'm not a huge guy in terms of guzzling medicine or administering medicine. So... What else could I do when I get old? We've got other jobs for you, I promise. Thank God. So there are, so over the next... You were really years, emphatic there. That was great. So over the next 10 years, it's expected that we'll add almost 10 million jobs. 
around a quarter of those jobs are indeed expected to be in healthcare, so that's a huge share, but it's still only a quarter of those jobs. So even though it's a fast-growing industry, there's going to be a lot of other jobs growing. So there's a lot of other jobs, there's a lot of other high-paying jobs that are going to be added outside of the healthcare industry. You see a lot of growth in business and financial operations, computer and mathematics occupations, management occupations. One of the um, category that's growing strongly that is a good-paying job that doesn't necessarily require a college degree are installation, maintenance, and repair occupations. And that's one of the categories where the aging of the workforce factors in. Is that like the guy who comes in and like puts in your cable box? Yeah. Okay. That is one, or the plumber who comes in and okay. repairs it. That, that when you sort of think of installation and repair, that, that's a catch-all for all of those skilled, in many cases, very skilled trades. And we're seeing many of the workers in those jobs are getting older. And so as you see retirements happening, it's going to open up a lot of jobs. And I just have to mention this category because it's jumping out at me. You've listed as an industry offices of dentists, and they're supposed to do really well. Yeah, I don't have anything specific to say about the offices of dentists, although one thing I can (laughs) say is that now that I've become chief economist at the Department of Labor, the job involves such stress that I now grind my teeth at night. (gasps) Did you get a night guard? I have a night guard, too. I have now helped employ more dentists. But I, um, I do think it's part of the broader... We're going to need more people in healthcare. I like. Uh, I also like the occupation you guys have here. It's the fastest growing occupation, even though it employs a relatively small number of people. Wind turbine service technicians. <laughs> that makes so the story behind that. You're right. It's small, but it's, it sticks out as the fastest. Yeah. Growing. It is because it's been around ten or so years when we started since we started to see a big investment in wind turbines mm-hmm. and now they're coming due for repair. And so we're we are now seeing and we're gonna to continue to see the need for more of those of repair technicians. For that's interesting oh, because that's interesting. I still think of them as being a fairly new phenomenon, but you're saying the replacement cycle's already here? Yeah, we've really we started to see um, that investment pick up five, ten years ago. So over the next ten years they're going to start to need to be fixed. Let's uh, let's bum everyone out for one second. <laughs> Which jobs are disappearing? Aki, do you have those numbers for us? Yeah. So the postal service as an industry is going to lose a whole lot, um, 165,000 jobs. Uh, and we're probably going to see really big losses in the number of federal government jobs, too. Other than that, our economy is going to continue to make more progress into becoming a service-oriented economy. So we're going to lose a lot of manufacturing jobs. Um, These jobs are going to move to countries with cheaper labor, or they're going to be replaced by robots altogether. Heidi, I worry that we may already know the answer to this, but we've got to ask anyway. What do our prospects as journalists look like? <laughs> so one of the as journalists, it's tricky. It is one of those industries where it's evolving so quickly that one way people consume news today may not be the way they consume news the next day. But I think the key thing is they're still consuming news. Like yeah. No people are always going to be hungry for the information. And so you guys are doing the right thing by being creative about different ways to try to 
to get the news to people. We're not like regular journalists. We're cool journalists. (laughs) You are the coolest journalist. I think she's saying we're lucky we work here. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, that's a ringing endorsement from the U.S. government itself. Yeah. Well, we've gone through lots of winners and losers. Let's jump into a broader discussion about the future of the job market and what we can do to be ready for that future after a word from our sponsor. What do traders want? To limit risk, access every opportunity, and trade on a level playing field. Nadex Binary Options lets you set your maximum profit and loss before the trade, so your risk is always limited. Find opportunities in multiple markets, stock indices, commodities, forex, even economic numbers, and Bitcoin, all from one account and platform. Nadex is a CSTC-regulated exchange with transparency, free market data, and fairness guaranteed. Innovations the financial industry needs, and Nadex already has. That's why we think binary options are the future of trading. And it's here now at nadex.com. Futures, options, and swaps trading involves risk and may not be appropriate for all investors. So in a previous episode, we talked about how uh, advances in artificial intelligence are allowing engineers to make software do all these things that only humans could do before. And one of my pet favorites has been driverless cars, because I don't really like driving. And this would presumably displace human taxi drivers. So Heidi, you know, what are your thoughts on the technological progress that we've seen so far and its impact on the job market? And where do you think that's going? So while I remain extremely excited about the prospect of driverless cars, I do (laughs) think that there's an important context for thinking about how fast things are changing right now. Mm -hmm. There's a sort of breathless conversation out there about this pace of change, but there's actually a way we can look at, like, like sort of measure how fast things are changing, and it's productivity growth. So if robots really were stealing all our jobs, that means that before something that took, you know, 10 people to do now takes one person to sort of supervise, for lack of a better word, 10 robots. And so that one human hour of work, they get the same amount done where before it took 10 human hours to, to do the work. So that right. kind of scenario describes a big acceleration of productivity growth. But if you look historically, productivity has typically grown around 2% per year. It's sometimes faster, sometimes slower, but that's sort of been its long-run growth rate. It is, if anything, a little slower than that over the last 10 years than it was before. So Mm -hmm. we are not seeing a massive acceleration in productivity growth that would signal that robots were stealing all of our jobs. Yeah, and our listeners will know from our very first episode, it is the U.S. economy's silent menace. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, one of the things about that long-run productivity growth is that that's happened in times of prosperity, in times of recessions, but, the, but mostly it's happened in times of prosperity. In times of prosperity are, is when there's a lot of innovation going on and productivity tends to accelerate because there's, there's sort of a lot of action out there and investments and innovation and people people having the opportunity to try new things that can lead to productivity growth. Um, That goes hand-in-hand with a lot of job growth, a lot of good things happening. So it doesn't necessarily spell – it doesn't – in my view, productivity growth doesn't spell menace. Um, You know, 
robots will steal some jobs, but the people who then benefit from that productivity growth have more income, they buy new things, that generates demand for other things, and people get employed in other places. So there's, there's sort of adjust, there can be adjustment pains mm-hmm. as there's one occupation or industry that gets subsumed by robots, but it, it, you know, it sort of balloons out elsewhere and there's a, something else that grows. One thing I thought was really interesting in Neil's projections is uh, participation by youth in the labor force, so people ages 16 to 24. And right now, they make up about almost 14% of the labor force, but that's projected to decrease. So I think it's it's fascinating. You've got this dynamic where the participation by older adults is increasing and the participation by the youngest adults is decreasing. What's going on there? Shouldn't the the young ones be the one that are most uh, highly engaged? Is it solely because they're going to college? What What's, what's the, going I, on? I, you put your finger on it. So the um, the... There's been a long-term decline in labor force participation of younger people, workers under the age of people under the age of 25, and that is a huge chunk of that is attributable to people staying in school longer. So it's people, you know, even high school graduation rates going up, and then college graduation rates going up, people going and getting master's degrees and even higher levels of of professional degrees. The incidence of that, the 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 share of young workers that are continuing on in school is just going up. So that um, that piece of the decline in labor force participation among young people is actually really good news. It's people making investments that will set them up to get higher earnings going forward. And when you finished right. this report and you sat back and you went home at night, did anything keep you up? Anything here to really worry us? You know, none of what, maybe not in the sense that it was, it, what we see wasn't a surprise. The, even though there's changes all we were seeing, sort of things like the fastest growing jobs are going to be in healthcare, that we, there are, the, the labor market is evolving all the time, but it tends to evolve pretty slowly. If you look out in the world and you see the jobs that people do, it's, you know, it, it's this, it doesn't evolve all that fast. We still have... Unless there's a shock, back. right? Unless we get another another recession. Oh, right, right. That would be indeed a... Uh, that that I do not want to have happen. Right. I want us to stay in an expansion for as long as is absolutely possible. Um, so the thing about these projections is that they don't factor that in. These projections come out of the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and we, we certainly... It is not their job to try to predict when the next recession will be. And so they right. just assume that things are going to be humming along at a, at a sort of a happy place. And so I, I do get worried about the prospect of another recession, but that is not what these numbers are about. Got it. Right, right. Um, you know, Heidi, before our break, we talked about the not very encouraging future of uh, print journalism, at least. Um, so newspaper, the newspaper and periodicals industry is projected to lose more than 100,000 jobs over the next decade. Um, for, for people like us who are in these potentially <laughs> losing industries, um, what do you think we should be thinking about? It is tricky because you, the, while I keep saying things evolve slowly, but there's some occupations and industries where things are evolving quickly. 
And journalism mm-hmm. is one of those. You just see this it's sort of lightning pace of the way people absorb news just seems to be changing all the time really rapidly. But I think you just can go back to we know they're still taking in news. People are still really hungry for this information, and so it will be out there. So the, the best advice is to do what you're doing, experiment, be flexible, be you know, sort of able to, to um, looking forward into how people are consuming it and trying to go in that direction. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you, Heidi, so much for joining us. It's been great getting all this uh, wonderful insight from you. It's been my pleasure. Happy New Year, you guys. Thanks again for listening to Bloomberg Benchmark. We will be back next year. Woo! And until then, you can find us on the Bloomberg Terminal and Bloomberg.com, as well as on iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Google Play. And while you're there, please take a minute to rate and review the show so more people can find us. And let us know what you thought of the show. You can talk to us and follow us on Twitter at Akiito7, at Tori Stillwell, and at Daniel Moss DC. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2016. We're proud of our new and growing suite of original podcasts, all designed to help you navigate the complexities of business, financial markets, and the global economy. In addition to Bloomberg Benchmark, which you're listening to now, don't miss Odd Lots, a deep dive into the intersection of markets, economics, and finance with Joe Weisenthal and Tracy Alloway. There's also Deal of the Week with our mergers and acquisitions reporter Alex Sherman looking at a breakdown of the biggest deals and giving you an inside peek into corporate boardrooms. All three shows are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Pocket Cast for Android, Bloomberg.com, and of course, the Bloomberg Terminal. Check them out and subscribe today. This episode was brought to you by Nadex. You know, any long-term investment is going to go through short-term dips and price fluctuations. Nadex binary options let you turn those short-term movements into trading opportunities. You decide your maximum profit and loss before each trade, so your risk is always limited. Trade stock indices, commodities, forex, even Bitcoin in economic numbers, all from one account on a CFTC-regulated U.S. exchange. Instead of just watching the market's ups and downs, Turn them into trading opportunities at nadex.com. It's the future of trading, N-A-D-E-X.com. Futures, options, and swaps trading involves risk and may not be appropriate for all investors. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.